Hey, it's Jesse. I'm here in the studio with our media director, Rachel Zabo. Hey. And we actually have some exciting news to share. That's right. Yes, we do. But in order for us to share that exciting news, we actually first need to take a minute and kind of look back at the past of LTN and kind of look back at this past year in order to kind of see what has led up to this big news and this big change. Yeah. So to understand where we are, we got to go back first. So let's do it. You're listening to the Love That Neighborhood podcast. Welcome to our corner of the urban universe. Okay, so maybe some of our listeners don't realize this, but Love Thy Neighborhood, it didn't start actually with the podcast, right? Yeah. So in 2014, we launched Love Thy Neighborhood essentially as a gap year program. And, you know, we had a summer version as well. But basically it was about uh, we're going to recruit young adults from all over the world to come to live together, to serve the poor, to work with nonprofits in our city. And everything that we did was about the program. Right. That was Love Thy Neighborhood. Yeah, that was Love That Neighborhood. Is all that we were. Well, then in 2017, you know, we launched the Love That Neighborhood podcast really to get folks to come and serve with us. And then in 2018, we launched the INIA cast. We start doing workshops publicly. And again, really, the, the way that we justified those things were that it's going to get more people to come and do this program. So then in 2019, 2020, we wrote Bible studies, wrote a workbook. We pitched a full-length book, and everything was about recruiting for the program. Uh, except that somewhere in the last year, we started to realize, like, God was doing something more than just a gap year program. Right. So, like, the program was still happening, but you kind of started thinking, like, well, these other components that we've been doing, the, the podcast, the workshops, all this stuff, it's like, maybe God is doing something a little bigger with those? Yeah. And also, it didn't really like make sense. Like, if we're a gap year ministry, like, why are we doing these podcasts? Why are we doing these workshops? Why are we writing books? Mm. Like, it, it didn't seem to really fully make sense, except that we really did sense that God was doing things through those endeavors. So we just started wondering, like, man, Lord, like, what are you up to? However, just to be candid, like, I could not answer that question because I was really burnt out. Totally like, Leading a nonprofit through 2020, through a pandemic. I do not recommend it. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy enough in and of itself. Yeah. But then also with sensing Love Thy Neighborhood was like on the brink of something else. Yeah. It's like, there's no space to even think about that. Yeah. You're just in like survival mode. Absolutely. Like I needed time to rest before I would be capable of recalibrating. Mm. And so... Our board of directors actually gave me a gift of a sabbatical. And so over the summer of 2021, I took six weeks off and took all social media off my phone. Our director of operations changed my passwords like on all my LTN accounts. Like I was locked out. Yeah. And my family and I just kind of disappeared for about six weeks. We went to Florida. We went out west. We saw the Grand Canyon. We went to Yellowstone. So what happened like during that time away? Like was that helpful? Did it give you the space that you needed? Oh, yeah, it was huge. Like, I think especially getting out west, like where it was really big and wide open, it was mm. sort of like I felt like my heart responded similarly. It was like once I had space away from everything, it was like, OK, I'm ready to receive. I'm moving beyond just survival mode. 
And so while I was gone, one of the things I was trying to wrestle with was like, why am I just so exhausted all the time? And so I started reading The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. Yeah. It's a great book. He says a lot of really wonderful things, highly recommended. But one of the things that he said that really stuck with me is he said, if you want to experience the life of Jesus, you have to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. Mm. And that has really struck me. It was like, I look around and like, I'm not the only one that's just burnt out and exhausted. Like, we're all dealing with that. And one of the things that I came to realize was, you know, we're just trying to live beyond our capacities, just push ourselves further than we're, we're really capable of. And so that question led me to start asking, like, how would Jesus live if he were me and he had the life and the relationships and the responsibilities that I do? Mm-hmm. So then how does that tie back into Love Thy Neighborhood and kind of the program and what, the work that we're doing? Yeah, I came back asking the question, like, we as a ministry, how can we guide people to walk in the life and the lifestyle of Jesus? Is there a better way for us to to do ministry? But also just the simple question of, like, who are we? You know, why do we even exist as an organization? How are we helping people even follow Jesus? Mm-hmm. So, Rachel, you know this, like, we as a staff, we got together. We started ta- having a lot of conversations about what is it that we sense God calling us towards? What is the nature of the work that we do? We got donors in the room. We got volunteers in the room. We got alumni from our program in the room. And they started giving us like a ton of feedback on a bunch of things, the things that they see as valuable. Yeah. Like I I remember some of the things were like, you nuance things really well was like one of the feedbacks that I heard. Yeah. Or things like you guys offer great content in your podcasts Mm -hmm. or you guys Mm -hmm. do really well guiding young adults. Yeah, totally. People talked a lot about like our commitment to biblical justice, how we're committed to social action, how we help people navigate modern culture, a lot of emphasis on relational health, and the fact that we did all of this with a commitment to being faithful to Jesus. Yeah, that balance of like grace and truth. Yes. So we took all of this feedback, we brought it back, and here's the big news. Yeah, this is the exciting news. Yeah. Over the last few months, we actually have developed a brand new mission and vision. And this new mission and vision redefines the nature of what Love Thy Neighborhood is and the work that we do. So why don't you share with everyone, what is the new vision and mission? Okay, so... Our mission is to disciple Christians to serve their neighbors, cultivate healthy relationships, and follow Jesus in their culture and context. And our vision is a community of relationally and culturally competent Christians who walk together in the life and the lifestyle of Jesus. Now, the question becomes like, Okay, so how does that play out? If that's what you're about, how is it actually going to manifest itself? Well, to accomplish this, we run an urban missions program for young adults, as well as provide discipleship content through podcasts, workshops, and books for people from all walks of life. One of the big changes happening with this is we're kind of beefing up the emphasis on the discipleship content. Yeah, for sure. It's like... We had been doing that in the past, but it was for the service of the program. And now we're kind of separating the two a little bit. Yeah, we used to say that we were a missions agency. And now we say we are a discipleship and missions agency. Right. And so discipleship and missions both are key to the work that we do. Yeah. And with that, there's one other kind of change that we're also very excited about, right? Yeah, like forever, our tagline was social justice internships and Christian community. 
I don't know if you've heard, but social justice is like a controversial term. Uh, I have heard yeah, that. Yeah, it's news. Uh, <laughs> and so what we found is that no one defined that term the same. Dependent on who the listener was, they received those words completely different. And it became very challenging to get people to understand what we meant. Yeah. In some ways, it led to great conversations. But in other ways, conversations never started. It was a non-starter. Well, and we constantly had to explain and define and and take the time to do that. Right. We're burning energy kind of explaining, here's what we mean by social justice, instead of using that energy for other things. Yep. So we started asking, like, is there a way for us to still have the exact same values, but to use language that allows people to come along with us? Language that's more accessible and language that doesn't confuse. So all that to say is that because we are now a discipleship and missions agency, And there was so much talk around the work that we do in culture. What we have come up with is a new tagline. And so our new tagline is discipleship and missions for modern times. That's what we're about. Love That Neighborhood is about discipleship and missions for modern times. How do we live as disciples of Jesus? And how do we live on mission in this modern culture we're all experiencing? So that's the big news. And so then I guess the question with all that is, okay, so what does this mean for the work of LTN going forward? Okay, so basically there are two categories worth exploring today. So there's the Urban Missions Program, and we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But I think we should start by talking about our discipleship content. Yeah. And one of the big components of our discipleship content is, of course, the podcast. Yeah, so as our listeners know, we currently have two shows, the LTN Podcast, which explores Christians engaging with different social and cultural issues, and then we have the Enneacast, which looks at relationship dynamics through the lens of the gospel and the Enneagram. Yeah, and we kind of see the podcast, you know, fitting into this new vision and mission in three basic ways. So these podcasts help educate Christians. You know, like you said, in the new mission and vision, we want to create relationally and culturally competent Christians. So education is a big piece of that. Yep. What are the issues? What do Christians think about the issues? What does the Bible say about the issues? So education and then, of course, recruitment. Because as you said, we still do our urban missions program. We still are looking to get young adults to come serve with us here in Louisville. So education, recruitment, and then just, of course, discipleship. You know, that's becoming a bigger component of the work we do at LTN is discipling Christians in our modern times. Exactly. Educate, recruit, disciple. Okay, so I think to talk about the podcast, we should bring in somebody to help us out. And so we've actually brought in our audio engineer, Anna Tran, to join us. Hey, Anna. Hey, guys. Okay, Anna, Rachel, what has been a highlight for both of you all related to the podcast this year? Mm. Yeah. Well, I was a listener to the podcast before. Rachel, I just really enjoyed your quality of writing, your quality of production. And so when I came on staff, I was just really excited to push the production quality of the podcast to match your level of storytelling and your level of research. Do you have like a favorite montage or or section that you've done that had like the audio texture? Yeah, one of my favorites is probably in the Geek Culture episode when Bubba Stallcup is talking about when he gets online and he's describing some of these games. I really enjoyed just combing through some of the games he described and I literally pulled some of those exact sound effects from some of those games and layered it underneath. It was just super fun. It just gave the scene a lot of character and gave it a lot of depth. 
and really brought to life what he was describing to your ears. Yeah. Okay, Rachel, what about you? I think for me, this year we did what we called kind of experimental episodes, so kind of breaking form Yeah. a little bit. That's been really fun for me, just to get into a different style of writing, kind of a different mode. A lot of our podcasts where the gospel meets blank, like they kind of follow the same formula, which is great because it works. But being able to kind of branch out and write some different kind of things, like I really, really loved our episode called The Converted Gambler. Mm -hmm. Like that was just a really fun project. The tone is way different from what we usually do. The style is way different from what we usually do. And it was just a fun project to work on for me. So I think just branching out in some different writing styles has been fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was really cool to see how our listeners responded Mm -hmm. and how they received the new experimental episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, like, we're always curious about, you know, are people tuning in? Are they listening? Are they paying attention? You know, and we were really surprised because this year we were on the charts in a ton of countries. Yeah. You know, everything from Australia and China to the Czech Republic to Uganda and, of course, in the U.S., where most of our listeners are. And we've just seen a lot of growth, a lot of growth, especially with the Love the Neighborhood podcast. So those of you that are new listeners, thank you for joining us over this last year. Yeah, I mean, between this past June and now, our listenership has essentially doubled. And so we've just been so, so encouraged by the number of people that continue to find our show and and listen to us. So thank you. Thank you all for listening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was good before. It was great back in June. The listenership was good. So we've Mm -hmm. been just shocked by the last several months. And so we're just very, very grateful. Yeah. So a question for you both. What are both of you looking forward to related to the podcast in the coming year? Yeah, I think I'm really excited to dig into some of the topics we have coming down the line. Like we just had a podcast meeting the other day and we have just so many really cool, really fascinating ideas. And especially in the experimental category, we're really excited to just dig into the research and find some really awesome stories. Yeah, we do have some really good topics on the table. Yeah. I think for me, it's similar, you know, looking forward to doing some more experimental things, maybe some more stories like The Converted Gambler, more in that style. And then, yeah, we're, we're planning to tackle some really relevant kind of hot button topics this coming year. So really looking forward to kind of diving into those areas and presenting that to folks. OK, so that's the podcast. Anna, thanks for joining us. For sure. Okay, so we just talked about the podcast, which is part of our discipleship content. But Jesse, our staff has also been working on a bunch of other discipleship content as well, right? Yeah, so this last year we released two Bible studies on the YouVersion Bible app. And so we released a Bible study called Protests and Prayers, God's Word on Injustice. We released another one on What is Biblical Social Justice? We also have a Bible study that we are working on now called Word and Deed, Cultivate a Faith that Lives. And that'll come out soon. And those are on the YouVersion Bible app. Yep, they're on the YouVersion Bible app. The other thing is that in 2020, we released Mapping Your Enneagram Story. If you are a listener to the Enneacast, you have probably heard about that extensively. And so that workbook was designed 
to help people map their life story and understand who they are and understand how the life that they've lived informs their personality. Yeah. The other exciting thing is that I wrote that workbook and then word got around until eventually uh, an agent came to me and said, hey, why don't you draft a book proposal and let's shop it around? So we did. And we actually ended up receiving an offer from Zondervan Publishers. So I'll actually be releasing my first book on January 24th, 2023. And it's called How We Relate, Understanding God, Yourself, and Others Through the Enneagram. It's a book that's essentially about unlocking the mystery of what makes your relationships both flourish and falter. Yeah, actually, you've been doing a ton of writing and you're actually going to be gone all the month of January, kind of wrapping up the writing for that book. Yeah. People say all the time, like, oh, it must be so exciting to write a book. And I'm like, no, it will be exciting to have written a book. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Writing a book is a lot of work. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. so I'm, I am enjoying it. I am also looking forward to wrapping that process up so that I can get back and tend to other things in life. Yeah. Be on the lookout for more news about the book. Yeah. The other thing that we released this last year, a few months ago, we released our Say More cards. And that was a deck of 100 conversation prompts. Uh, We have sold a ton of those and have really enjoyed hearing from people just about the types of conversations that have come out of those as well. So the nice thing on mapping your Enneagram story and the Say More cards is that when we sell copies of those, it supports the work of Love That Neighborhood. It supports the ministry. So it's not like I'm not like putting it in my pocket and going home like this. This is money that comes back to help us fulfill our mission and vision more. So that's kind of the first half of what Love Thy Neighborhood is doing now with our new vision and mission. But then the second half, as you mentioned before, is the Urban Missions Program. So can you talk some about that? Okay. so last week we met with a bunch of our donors for our annual charity luncheon event. And our director of operations, Kiana Brown, actually presented all about our urban missions program. Mm -hmm. And so actually, Rachel, I would like to let you hear a little bit from her. And so Kiana started off by talking about why this program matters. So first of all, I am an alumni of the program. I can say for a fact that my life was headed in one direction and I came and participated in this program and God has taken me on a very different path because of that. So personally, I'm very excited about it because of the impact that it's had in my life. The other reasons are that we really feel like these years, the young adult years, those 18 to 30 year olds, that these years are really critical and crucial for their faith. They are developing theology and ways to think about the world now that they will carry with them for the rest of their lives. So we really feel like these years are crucial. These young adults are our next leaders. They are our future and investment now in them. It is an investment in our future. The other part is that more people than ever are moving to urban environments. And those urban environments are increasingly diverse. So if we want to learn how to cultivate healthy relationships, how to share the gospel, that's going to have to be in a multicultural environment, and that's happening more and more in cities. So the opportunities are here in the city. That's really why we want our program to be in an urban environment. So that's kind of the why of the program, but then there's the question of, well, what makes LTN's Urban Missions Program different than others? 
our program combines professional, spiritual, and personal growth. There are a lot of amazing missions programs, gap year programs, internships that really focus on maybe one of these areas. We want to be a holistic program and we want to focus on all three of these. So here's how we accomplish that. We actually have three core values, nonprofit service, intentional community, and biblical discipleship. Kiana started off by talking about nonprofit service. So why are we focused on nonprofits? There are many wonderful nonprofits in this city and they're doing great work. We don't want to duplicate that, but rather we want to come alongside them and empower them and build up the fantastic work that they're already doing. So we have nonprofits that are needing people, they're understaffed, they're overwhelmed, and we have young adults that are looking to gain experience, that are also looking to serve somewhere. We really see those two things as solutions for each other. So that is why we want to partner with nonprofits. Okay, so that's nonprofit service. The next thing that Kiana talked about was intentional community and why it matters. If you've been around for any length of time with us, you've probably heard us say, relationships change lives. And so to prove that point, to prove how much we believe it and how much they actually do change lives, we're going to take a quick pop quiz. It's only two questions. You don't have to have a pen and it's going to be less than 60 seconds. Okay. Actually, let's take the pop quiz. And so if you are listening to this podcast right now, Kiana is asking you to take the pop quiz. It's quiz time. It's quiz time. So here we go. So the first question, you'll have 10 seconds for this. Think of five sermons that have deeply impacted your life. And I'll give you 10 seconds. Okay, so Rachel, how did you do? (laughs) Um, I thought of one. Are you like sitting there like questioning your it face? It was a sermon by Tim Keller. I was going <laughs> to well, say that. At least it was a good one. <laughs> yeah. So you were challenged to think of five. You yes. could only think of one. I thought of one. Okay. So not so hot on the first question. Let's see yeah. how you do on the second question. Okay. Second question. You'll have 10 seconds again. Think of five relationships that have deeply impacted your life. And I'll give you 10 seconds again. So, Rachel, how did you do on this one? Dude, so easy. Yeah. I can easily think of five. Yeah. Like, that was piece of cake. Yeah. And that's the point. So, what is the point of that? Am I saying that sermons aren't important? Definitely not. (laughs) We are focused on discipleship content. Obviously, we don't think that's not important. But really, where those sermons take root is in the container of relationships, Having those healthy relationships is how those sermons work themselves out in relationships. We have to have that relationship to apply what we're learning in those sermons. So the second thing about intentional community, just this week, Barna released a study on the loneliness epidemic that is happening right now and how more people are feeling more lonely. So we really want to bring people together. We really want to try to reverse that loneliness epidemic and we want people to have good, strong community, people that feel like family and that support them. Okay, so the first core value was nonprofit service. The second one was intentional community. Then what's the third one? Biblical discipleship. We really want these young adults to be rooted in the word of God, and we want them to be formed by that. 
I really like houseplants and I really like gardening. And if the roots are not strong on those plants, they will get blown over. A wind will come, really strong rain, hail, and it will destroy the plant. But if it has really strong roots, it can bounce back. And so that's what we really want these young adults now. As I mentioned before, this theology that they're learning now, will, they will carry with them for the rest of their life. We want those roots to be deep and we want them to be grounded in the word of the Lord. We want them to be formed by him, by his word and by his church. It is really easy nowadays to be formed by culture or politics or social media. Um, and we want to try to reverse some of that. We want the, these young adults to be formed by the word of God. Okay, so those are the core three values of our Urban Missions program. How has that played out this past year? Yeah, so we actually had 41 young adults come and serve with us in 2021, which is kind of remarkable considering that at the beginning of 2021, a lot of the world was still shut down. Yeah. Um, so to have so many folks come and serve with us from all over the world was, was remarkable. We now have 22 different internship tracks that we offer. And so what that means is that every single one of those 22 internship tracks is centered around a different need. We partner with nonprofits and ministries around the city that are all making an impact in key areas. So everything from crisis pregnancy and abortion to homelessness to orphan care to church planning movements. So these young adults are coming and serving with these 22 different internship tracks, making an impact on culture and making an impact on their neighbors through their service. Kind of amazing, but since we launched this thing in 2014, the young adults that have come and served with us have donated over 135,000 volunteer hours. Wow. If you put a value on that, that's actually worth more than $3 million given to all of these local nonprofits and ministries absolutely free. That means that these ministries did not go have to go out and raise the money to hire more people. They did not have to figure out a way to finance all of that. These young adults showed up and they were able to serve full-time giving over $3 million worth of volunteer hours because of the support of others. Yeah, that's incredible. Okay, so that's kind of like the impact that these young adults are making when they come to serve with us. But how does this Urban Missions Program impact the young adults, those who are coming to serve? What's the impact on them? Yeah, we actually reached out to some of our alumni as well as some alumni parents recently to ask them that exact question. What impact has LTN had on your life? And here's what they had to say. I'm a pastor from Johnson City, Tennessee, pursuing a Master of Divinity with a focus on the means for how to form people and communities to look and live like Christ. I served with Love That Neighborhood in the summer of 2020, and LTN significant to me because it taught me how to live out God's justice and compassion to the people right around me. During LTN, we would pray over our community, be very involved with our community, invite people for dinner, talk to them on the street. Love Thy Neighborhood really helped me grow uh, by teaching me um, ways to be intentional about living out the gospel and loving people in ways that I hadn't uh, been able to experience before. And I also, coming from a small town background, I learned so much about urban ministry and about the needs that we as believers are called to meet. Um, it was a very eye-opening summer and I loved it and was so challenged by it and I would not trade that experience for the world. 
I was able to grow in my faith and really see the gospel in action. LTN is also important to me because it gave me the experience uh, within my career field that I'll forever cherish and I look forward to applying what I've learned naturally and spiritually uh, throughout my future endeavors. Um, LTN was also super important in my formation uh, because it taught me that there was a lot more nuance in life than I had originally thought. Um, it taught me how to carry both grace and truth. Um, it taught me how to um, approach um, political and social issues um, in a more balanced, Christ-centered way. Um, and in today's polarized world, um, nuance is super important. It really was her first adulting experience. We took her to Louisville and we dropped her off and said our goodbyes and she did nothing but flourish after that. She got involved right away. She made a network of friends and began serving the Lord through the awesome ministry that LTN offers. Another thing that we saw that we've really appreciated is her self-awareness has grown. So she learned a lot about herself and that's also made her more compassionate with other people as she's recognized that. But also feeds them with growth and books and accountability and Sabbath and a budget and all that stuff. So it's just a great program to help a child grow and become more independent and adult. And it gave me a greater understanding of Christian community and what that looks like. We learned a lot about giving each other grace and encouraging each other's strengths and just what it looks like to do ministry together. LTN gave me an opportunity to really dedicate myself creatively and um, spiritually to connect with a lot of people that I think are going to be lifelong friends. And it taught me uh, how to be vulnerable um, with my story in ways that uh, I um, hadn't before. Before coming to LTN, you know, I was always afraid of sharing my full raw testimony. Like there was always something that I left out. Um, but the very first week, we shared our entire life stories with our households. And it was the first time that I had ever shared my entire story. Um, and when I finished, I looked up and expected to see discomfort, disgust, even judgment. Um, but all I found was encouragement and support and prayer. One lesson was that I have a call, you know, to be both vulnerable and open. And initially, that's a scary call to have. Um, but it is a call that ultimately brings tremendous glory and honor to God. Love Thy Neighborhood formed me into a person of deeper conviction and prayer, and it made me develop skills to endure with others through conflict that have already saved strained friendships, and will help me forgive others and hold them close like Christ for years to come. It definitely will stretch you, um, but it's totally worth it. Okay, so we've kind of looked at a little bit of the past of Love Thy Neighborhood, and then we've looked at kind of the present with our new vision and mission and what that means. So then I guess, Jesse, can you talk a little bit about the future of Love Thy Neighborhood? You know, what does all of this mean long term? Where are we going? Yeah. Okay. So as we look at the next three years, there's a few categories that we can think about. We can think about our urban missions program. We can think about our discipleship content. We can think about just sort of some structural things as a ministry. But in first thinking about our urban missions program, over the next three years, we want to train and equip 180 young adults from all over the world to come to serve with us, to be formed so that we can help 
disciple them so that we can help them to serve people that are in need. We also want to offer more educational experiences. We want to offer the ability to not only bring young adults to our city, but then while they're with us, to be able to take them to other cities to experience important things. For example, a couple years ago, we were able to take our young adults up to Cincinnati to go to the National Freedom Museum to actually study the Underground Railroad mm-hmm. and learn about that experience and how it still shapes culture even now. Yeah. We have this dream of being able to take our folks to Washington, D.C., to be able to take them to the Museum of the Bible, to the African-American History Museum, to the Holocaust Museum, and then also take Christian scholars with us to be able to teach in those key areas as it relates to the urban ministry work that these young adults are doing. And then we're also just looking into some some long-term housing solution stuff. I won't go into it, but let me just say it's really complicated when you've got 40 young adults moving in for the summer and you have short-term leases and you got to furnish all that. And then 10 weeks later, they're moving out. Yeah. So we're experimenting <laughs> with some ways to make that a little bit more streamlined. The other area is that over the next three years, we really want to continue to invest in our discipleship content. Right. So we want to produce 150 episodes of the LTN podcast and the Enneacast over the next three years. We would like to be able to publish two books The first one, of course, is coming out in 2023, and then we've got some ideas in the pipeline for the next book to come out in 24, and then we want to offer more public workshops. The truth is this. Our listeners hear us do a lot of teaching and hear from a lot of smart people on our podcast on really important cultural issues. We're exploring those in person every other Friday with our interns, and we have had a lot of requests for people to be able to come to those who are not in our program to be a part of those teachings. We would also like to be able to offer more weekend workshops on big topics. So whether that's Enneagram content or whether that's big cultural things or whether that's even us teaching about podcasting. But we want to offer more workshops to folks uh, so that they can participate in that. Yeah. The other thing, finally, is that uh, the person you heard from earlier, Kiana Brown, has been serving as our director of operations. She was the co-founder of Love That Neighborhood with me. And we actually want to hire an operations administrator to take Kiana's current role in order to allow Kiana to assume a new role that would have more influence. Kiana would really move into a posture where she's running a lot of the day-to-day of LTN and allow me to spend more of my time focused on developing discipleship content. I guess the million-dollar question is, you know, how can our listeners help make this stuff happen? First off, you can help by praying for us because the reality is is that we are stepping into very challenging waters on a regular basis, whether that's through our boots on the ground ministry, the work that the young adults are doing, whether that's the fact that we even work with young adults. During a time where many, many young adult uh, leaders, you know, youth ministry leaders are bailing because they say it's the hardest time in modern history to try to lead young adults. We feel that. So please pray for us. And that's not a throwaway request. Like, seriously, please pray for us. Yeah, yeah. And the second way that you can help us actually is this. You know, I said earlier that we had our Tis the Season charity luncheon last week. And during that event, our donor relations manager, Lauren Maddox, shared. And I'd actually like for you to listen to what she had to share. So I was thinking about what to say to you all today when I was um, praying over this topic. And a conversation that I had popped into my mind, and it's a conversation that I will never forget. I had it a handful of years ago with a friend's daughter. Um, The night before they left their home here in Louisville to go down to the Dominican Republic, answering God's call to say yes to be missionaries in the Dominican Republic. And I was talking to her, and I asked her, how do you feel about leaving? 
and she told me that she felt sad, um, that she was going to miss her friends, she was going to miss her teachers, and she listed out a few things that she had missed. But then she paused and she said, but if I said no to following God, I would miss out on all of his miracles, and I don't want to miss out on any of those. And she preached to my heart that night, sitting at my kitchen table, and she was only seven at the time when she said that to me. So over the next several years, I learned through personal experience in my walk with the Lord that following God includes action, but it also includes waiting. And both of those things together lead us down a path of experiencing God's abundant miracles. I've witnessed firsthand, personally, since 2014, the action of going and the art of waiting being faithfully played out by the leadership here in LTN. And it has been an honor to see because from that, I have also seen a ripple effect of miracles go out throughout our city, including but not limited to people coming to Christ, children having love poured into them when typically, relationally, they are left to their own defenses, interns learning how to stand firm in the word of God and stand firm in truth in a way that leads other people to do the same, and also hundreds upon hundreds of relationships being built here in Louisville that have been life-changing, and some of which have been life-saving. One of my favorite stories that Kiana has told me since I've been on staff is about a relationship that was built with a a young girl here in the neighborhood by some of our female interns. They spent time with her, they were faithful to be present with her, and because of that, she grew to trust them enough to confess to them that she had found herself in a crisis pregnancy. From that point, our interns were able to take her to our service site partner beside you for life. And quite literally, that relationship that was formed was life-saving for both mother and baby. So here's what I find so exciting about my job here at LTN, is that I get to invite people to join along with us, to lock arms with us, to walk down this beautiful, miraculous road. And I get to do that by asking people to say yes to generosity. And then I wait and I watch their yes turn into more open doors that lead to more love with neighbors, lead to more relationships, more service in the community, and ultimately draws more people into the kingdom of God. And that means that I get to watch miracles happen. And I get to watch those miracles happen through people like you. So if you've been listening to the podcast recently, you are probably aware that we've had this incredible opportunity put in front of us where this group of donors has come together and they have offered to match every donation between now and the end of the year up to $105,000. Well, good news, we've actually been able to raise $56,000 so far of that $105,000 goal. About half. Yeah. So a little more than half. Yeah. A little bit more than half. So what that means is that we still need to raise about $49,000 between now and the end of the year. So in order for us to continue to do boots on the ground ministry by recruiting young adults from all over the world to come and serve with us, for us to continue to create discipleship content through our podcast, through workshops, through workbooks, um, all of that, we need your support. There is no possible way for us to continue to do the work that we do and the ministry work that we do 
without your generosity, without your compassion, without your sacrifice. And again, we have donors that believe in this work so much that when you give, when you sacrifice, they're going to step up and they're going to make the same sacrifice. They're going to match you dollar for dollar. So how can listeners give if they want to support our work? Okay. Easiest way is that if right now you are listening to this podcast on your phone, you can look down in the show notes and there's a link to be able to donate directly to us. Uh, It is fast. It is easy. um, And again, everything that you give is going to be automatically doubled between now and the end of the year. And I encourage you, if you're listening to this, please don't hesitate and wait and think you're going to do it next week because we all know that we intend to, but life gets away from us. It would mean a lot to us if you would give today. Or if you're like old school and you just really enjoy writing checks, you can head over to our website at lovethatneighborhood.org. And if you go to the donate page, you will find an address there that you can send a check in to us. Great. So you can give online or you can give via check. And like Jesse said, everything's doubled. So even if you give $5, that becomes $10. And that $10 can go a long way to helping support the work that we do. Yeah, we need lots of gifts. We need lots and lots of small gifts. We need lots of large gifts. So regardless of what you feel like you are capable of personally giving, all of it is going to be helpful. And so we are very, very grateful for anything that you can give to us today. Okay, so I guess that was like our state of the union. Uh, That is kind of where we are as an organization. Yeah. I, I know that I keep saying this and I know I sound redundant, I am thrilled with this new vision and mission. Like when I say the words discipleship and missions for modern times, I'm like, that is worth getting out of bed for. I'm just super grateful for all of you as listeners, the ways you have supported us through the years. And we look forward to continuing to journey with you through our podcasts, as well as a variety of other things. Yeah. So we will be back with more podcast content in January. So like Jesse said, thank you all so much for listening and Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.